Welcome to the Summerton Church of God Sermon Podcast, a podcast to help you find life, freedom, and purpose in Jesus Christ. See, we, we wanted you to experience what we do in Summerton Kids. As you can clearly see, we, we're not a babysitting service, amen? We sing all the same songs that, that you sing up here. Your kids are learning that Jesus is a way maker, miracle worker, promise keeper. They're learning that if I've seen God do it one time, he'll do it again for me and my family. So I don't know if, if any of you were able to catch it, but we had a couple of kids going around laying hands on some of you as you were down here at the altar. So we believe in going ahead and teaching them right. Amen. So... I'm excited to uh, share with you for just a few moments today um, what I believe God's placed on my heart. I thank Pastor and Pastor Jamie for the opportunity to stand before you. It's always an honor and a privilege to to be here today. So uh, thank you for coming out and uh, supporting our kids. I want to ask you, have you ever been so excited or passionate about something that it's all you thought about. Maybe you were getting a new job opportunity and you couldn't wait for the fresh start. Or maybe you couldn't wait to get married and maybe have a family and it's all you thought about. Or maybe you were trying to achieve a certain goal And you trained and you worked hard or you studied hard. And when you first started, you had so much passion, so much zeal, so much excitement. But then something happened that happens to a lot of us. Is once we achieve it or once we start that new job or once we get married, it's just not as exciting anymore. Those kids I prayed for, now I'm praying that God will send peace and deliverance. That new job that I prayed for and believed for now becomes, oh man, I got to get up and drive and go to that place. See, it becomes a got to, a, a duty. Let me ask it to you in this way. Do you remember the time when you first got saved or you experienced a, just an awesome church service on a Sunday morning or a conference and you left so excited that you felt that you had so much an anointing on your life that if you drove to Walmart, the devils trembled when you just pulled in the parking lot? Do you remember the time when you were so excited for God that you couldn't wait to spend time in his presence? You couldn't wait to spend time in the word. You couldn't wait to get here on church on a Sunday morning. You couldn't wait to serve because you were so fired up for the things of God. And then things happen in our life. We get busy. We get distracted. And then before we know it, we no longer have a passion for those things anymore. 
And I truly believe that while we lose our passion, while we lose the excitement that we initially had, is, it's because we lose focus on what's really important. So I want to talk to you for just a few minutes today on the subject of reclaiming your focus. And the good thing is that Jesus talked about how to reclaim your focus if you've lost it. It doesn't mean that you're not saved. It doesn't mean that you're backslidden. It just means that something maybe has taken the place of that initial passion and zeal for the things of God. And we're told in Mark chapter 10, Jesus addressed it. We're told in Mark 10, starting in really in verse 1, if you read the whole chapter of Mark, of Mark chapter 10, you will see a lot of people who lost their focus. The chapter starts off with the Pharisees coming to Jesus and they're asking him, hey, what's the right way to get out of a marriage? Don't you find that kind of odd? Why didn't they ask him, Jesus, can you tell us, how can we save our marriage? But they were too busy focused on, how do, what's, the, what, what's a good way to get out of it? Then if you scroll down a few more verses, then you run into the rich man who came to Jesus and he said, Jesus, what must I do to inherit eternal life? And Jesus says, sell all that you have and follow me. And the Bible says that the rich man left sad because he was full of wealth. See, his focus was on the wrong thing. And then if you go down a few more verses, we run into James and John. And they're asking Jesus, hey, when we go into that kingdom, can we sit on your left or right? And it got the other ten disciples so fired up that then they begin to argue who was the greatest. And they had Jesus right in front of them, and clearly they had lost focus of what was really important. And Jesus had to remind them that it's not about who's first, because the first will be last and the last will be first. And he says, I didn't come to, to be served. I came to serve and give my life away. And then starting in verse 47 here, we come across, I, I don't think it's any coincidence that the Bible places this passage, this miracle that Jesus did, right here at the end of chapter 10. And Jesus is passing by, going through Jericho and there's a blind man named Bartimaeus. He clearly has lost his vision and his focus. And as, he's, as Jesus is traveling, blind Bartimaeus calls out and says, Son of David, have mercy upon me. Heal me. And the crowd tells Bartimaeus, they say, Be quiet. He doesn't have time for you. But it made Bartimaeus cry that much more, that much more louder. And he said, Son of David, have mercy upon me. Heal me. And Jesus stops. 
And he tells his disciples, he says, go get that man. And they, and they go to Bartimaeus and they say, he's calling for you. You remember when a time when God called you? And Bartimaeus goes to Jesus. And Jesus asked him a question that I've always thought was interesting and, then, and, and maybe even kind of odd. He says, what do you want me to do for you? I mean, wasn't it obvious what he needed? He needed to see again. He needed his vision back. But I believe Jesus asked him that question because he wanted to hear him say it. And Bartimaeus says, I want to see again. That tells me that he wasn't always blind. That at some point in his life, he lost his vision. He lost his focus. And Jesus tells him, your faith has healed you. Now go in peace. And for a lot of us here today, we didn't mean for it to happen. But the busyness and the everyday worries of life have taking our focus off what's really important. See, we've lost it somewhere where everything has to, is a, is a got to do it. I gotta go to church. Man, I gotta go home to this marriage. I gotta go home to those kids. So how do I get that passion and zeal back that I once had? First of all, I've just gotta admit that I've lost it. I've just got to admit that I lost my focus. And sometimes this one's the hardest one because pride tells us, you're okay. It's okay to, man, live for yourself. Man, live it up. Man, you, you've worked hard. You deserve it. And sometimes it's hard to admit, oh, God, I've let other things take your place. And so it's hard to admit that I've lost it. But if we're ever going to get it back, if I'm ever going to get that joy, that passion, that zeal again for the things of God, or even for my marriage, or for my family, or for my job, I've got to admit that I no longer have the desire like I used to. And maybe for some of you today, you've prayed and prayed, and God's placed dreams in your heart and you haven't seen them come to pass yet. See, the enemy wants to take your vision. He wants to take your dreams. I'm reminded of the story about Samson. And if you've grown up in church or don't really know the story, remember Samson had a call of God on his life. And he was anointed at an early age and he was told that he could never cut his hair because that was the strength of his where, his, where his strength came from. And Samson's going around doing great things for God and helping defeat the Philistines, but something happens along the way where Samson lost focus. And he got caught up 
with a woman named Delilah who began to ask Samson, tell me, where does your strength come from? And he finally gives in and tells her, well, if you'll cut my hair, I'll lose my strength. So one night while he's asleep, she has the Philistines come in, they bind him, and they cut his hair. And then they take him and they tie him up on some pillars. And for those that know the story, do you know what the first thing they did to Samson when they got him? They took his eyes. They took his focus. And Samson says, oh God, oh sovereign God, remember me one more time. Strengthen me one more time. And I've come to tell you today that maybe for some of us today, that should be our prayers. God, anoint me just one more time. Strengthen me one more time to do the work that you've called me to do. Lord, let me dream one more time. Lord, let me see your miracles one more time. Because God, I feel like I've, I've lost sight of something and I can no longer see them like I used to. So I've got to admit I've lost my focus. And number two, how do I reclaim my focus? How do I reclaim my joy and passion when I've lost it? Number two is that I've, I've got to remember my why. Why do I do what I do? Why do you do what you do? As a church, why do we do what we do? I mean, why do we worship? Why do we come early and help park cars and usher people in and change diapers and play checkers with kids? Why do we greet people at the front? Why do we sign up for back to school bash and kids conferences and firelight conferences? Why do we do those things? My next slide there, please. Because of the 32,689. And I wonder with the busyness of life and everything that's going on, how crazy 2020 was, and even how crazy 2021 seems. I wonder, have we forgotten? Have we forgotten the 32,689? When church becomes a chore and something that I just check off my list and even serving becomes something that I've got to do and reading my Bible so that God doesn't get mad at me. Have you forgotten your why? See, it happens to all of us. None of us are immune from it. It's easy to forget your why. It's easy to forget that, man, why, why I signed up to go get that new job? Was it always just about money? I mean, don't answer that. but Or was it always to make a difference for the kingdom? I mean, why did you choose the career that you did? Why did you pursue your spouse like you did? Why did you want to have a family? Was it just to have something? Or was it to help build the kingdom? Because, see, it all has to come back to our why. 
And when we look at this number, yeah, it can be just a number if we let it. But when I see 32,689, it causes something to stir up in me to realize that there's work to still be done. That just because we had a pandemic and things got changed didn't mean that we shut down the mission. One of my favorite movie series is the Rocky series. Any of you seen the Rocky movies? If you haven't, we'll go ahead and get do it again going right quick. I feel like I've seen them a thousand times. I mean, I always look forward to 4th of July weekend and Memorial Day weekend because I know they're going to run a marathon of about all eight of them. And can, can, can you agree with me that nothing spells American like barbecue and Rocky on a 4th of July or Memorial Day weekend? And it drives my wife crazy when I'm, I'll, I'll just sit in a chair and I'm like, I'm good for the rest of the day and probably next part of the next day. And she'll be like, you've seen all these movies. And I'm like, but honey, Rocky's teaching me something right now. So if you've never seen the movies, real quick, he's a, you know, he's a boxer who just lives in the streets. And out of nowhere, he gets a shot of a lifetime to fight for the heavyweight championship of the world against Apollo Creed. And he beats Apollo Creed and... Then Rocky's life changes instantly overnight. He's famous. He's got the title. He's got money. Everybody wants him to be on their commercials and sign autographs. And while all of this is going on, his manager tells him, hey, Rocky, we got to get back in the gym, man. Like, we've got other contenders that are trying to take what you got. We need to get in the gym. And he says, oh, man, we're fine, man. Enjoy it. Enjoy the moment. And so, next fight, Rocky loses and gets knocked out pretty quick. And one of my favorite scenes in the movie is that he goes back. And I want you to get this now. He goes back to the gym where he first ever started training. And while he's there, Apollo Creed shows up, the one he defeated for the title. And he says, Rocky, I can help you get the title back. And Rocky says, I don't want this anymore. I, I don't need this anymore. You ever been there where you were ready just to give up? I don't need this job anymore. I don't need this marriage anymore. I Man, I don't need the church anymore. I don't need that ministry anymore. I want to live my life. And so he tells him, I can help you get it back. And he says, Rocky, the reason you lost that fight is you lost it for all the wrong reasons. He said, you lost your edge. You lost your focus. And the way to get it back, listen to this, is to go back to the beginning. To go back to that time when it wasn't worried about making money, making a name for yourself, but you wanted just to win the championship because they told you that it couldn't be done. And he said, the way to get it back 
is to go back to the beginning. He said, you got to get hungry again. He said, you got to get that eye of the tiger back. And can I tell you today, I've come to tell somebody today, it's time for us to get our hunger back, church. It's time for us to get that eye of the tiger back where we begin to focus on the 32,689, that we begin to say, not on my watch, oh no, not on, not on Summerton Church of God's watch will we let those stay addicted, stay homeless, stay broke. We got to get that hunger back. Try not to get too excited. We got to get that eye of the tiger back, that, that edge, that why we do what we do. And I'm truly convinced, church, that people don't lose their focus because of simply what they do. We don't lose our focus because, oh, the job got boring, the family life got boring, serving got boring, church got boring. We lose our focus because we forget the why behind it. Have you forgotten your why? I'm talking about maybe when, maybe you signed up to maybe do a, a small group or maybe you signed up to help teach or whatever something in the church. Do you remember what it was like when you first started? You remember that time? I remember the first time I got when I got called to preach, I didn't care if there was one or 50. I would go outside and preach to the trees and rocks. You remember the time when you started preparing first and you couldn't wait? You couldn't wait to go pack those backpacks Wednesday night? Do you remember that? Do you remember that time when you didn't care how many cars showed up, what the weather was like? you're still going to park them and usher them in anyway. Because when we forget our why, see, it's easy to forget why we do what we do. Pastor Brian, if I can, if I can get you all to start playing for me just for a second. See, Yeah, this message I believe God wants you to hear today is for you, for us. But it's also for me. See, I know, I know what it's like to want to give up. I know what it's like to lose focus. to forget about the 32,689. It's easy to. You know, in boxing, they have this rule that if a fighter's getting beat pretty bad, then they tell the trainer to throw in the towel. And that's to signal that, it's, that the fight is over. Can I be real with you? Is that okay? I found myself wanting to throw the towel in. 
because 2020 is, was a difficult year for all of us here and those watching online. It was, it was a hard year. We lost family. We lost friends. Some of you maybe lost businesses. Some of you maybe lost a marriage. And it's easy to start focusing on the past and all of those things. And, and I caught myself, like, I was out of focus. I had forgotten the why. And the enemy began to, he began to dangle the towel in front of me and say, won't you just, won't you just give up? Like, you didn't sign up for this. You didn't sign up for all the stress and different things. See, everybody thinks ministry is easy, but I truly believe that if you hadn't wanted to throw in the towel at least once or twice, then maybe you're not really called. <laughs> and it was almost like everything was, it was almost like a duty for me. You know, Pastor Philip, Bible college can teach you everything. They taught me everything I needed to know about how to be a kid's pastor. Except how to deal with discouragement. How to deal with disappointment. How to deal with not trying to be burnt out. Not wanting to throw the towel in. And so I found myself in a place where it became very tempting to take the towel. And I was alone by myself, and I was doing a study of Revelation, and I was reading the book, and I come to chapter 2. And Jesus tells the church at Ephesus, he said, you're doing all of these things right. You're doing good things. He said, but this is what I have against you. You've left your first love. And so I asked God at that time. I prayed a very dangerous prayer. I said, God, what do you have against me? You know, I thought he was going to say, nothing, buddy. Just keep doing what you're doing. I said, God, what, would you, what, what do you have against me? And he said, this is what I have against you. Is that you care more about winning basketball games than you do about winning souls for me. And I said, God, I'm sorry. I'm sorry that I lost focus. I'm sorry that I, that I forgot the why. I'm sorry that I forgot the 32,689. That I let other things take control. And so, Lord, help me on that. And it was at that moment that I had to go back to the beginning. And I remembered a time. Two years ago that my, my family and I are on vacation in Mobile, Alabama, and I was ready to take a break from ministry. 
and God began to deal with me at midnight for about another five or six hours straight. And he began to tell me that, who told you to quit? I didn't tell you that. I didn't tell you that I was through with you in kids' ministry. And so my life was miserable for about two or three months until I finally said, okay, God, I'll do it. And see, for me, I've come to realize that it's easier to throw in the towel and quit than it is to stay and fight. And I don't know about you today, but I'm not quitting. I'm not giving up. I mean, guys, we're too young to retire. It's still about the 32,689. So I want you to start fighting again. How about we take that towel, we throw it at the enemy, and we say, no, devil, not today. Not today. Some of you maybe need to go back to the 1990s and just say, devil, I'm too legit to quit. I'm not quitting. I'm not giving up because what I have a mandate from God and it doesn't matter how many we have. It doesn't matter if it's one or 50. I'm gonna do my best to see that 32,689 reached for the kingdom of God. Can I get you to stand? Let's get our passion back, church. Let's get our fire back. I didn't come just to give you a motivation speech. I came to give you a word from the Lord today. So let me ask you, do you feel like quitting? You feel like giving up? Do you feel like throwing in the towel? I'd be easier to do that. Have you forgotten why you do what you do? And the first step is I've just got to admit it. And I want you to be bold today. Because I really believe that God wants to move today in your life. Don't get caught up in, well, what will people think if, if I come down because that I've lost my focus? Man, I lead a small group. I lead a class. I sing in the worship team. I, I greet people. I park cars. What will they think if I come down? Church, it's time to get that passion back. Because we can't reach that 32,689 when it's just a number. I'm always reminded of when Jesus went and he turned the, the tables off and, in the temple. The disciples said, we remember that he is consumed for passion for the house. It's okay if you've lost passion. I understand. But today's your day. And as they begin to play, I want you to be bold today. I want you to come and meet me right here at this altar. If you say, God, I want my passion back. 
I want to understand my why again. I want to live for you like I used to live for you. God, I want that hunger, that to read the word, to get into your presence again. As they begin to go ahead and play, I want you to come today. Be bold today. Let's get our passion back, church. Let's get it back. Your promise still stands. Great is your faithfulness. Faithfulness. I'm still in your hands. This is my confidence. You never fail me. Your promise still stands. Great is your
God wants us to get our focus back, church. He wants us to remember why we do what we do. Don't miss out on the opportunity to get that gift stirred back up in your life again if it's grown cold, if it's grown stale. you, but I'm more encouraged than I ever have been about the 32,689. If that's you today, let's give the Lord a hand clap of praise. Amen. Thank you, Pastor Jeremy, for just an encouraging, inspiring word. I feel like I'm going to have to do something now. Um, I was thinking as he was just sharing uh, at the very end that some of you might not know what 32,689 means. You, you just got here. This is your first Sunday or uh, maybe you've missed that part. But uh, early on, about four or five years ago now, when Pastor Victor first came here, he did a demographic survey and it was in ten, a 10-mile 10 radius, north, south, east, and west. And within that 10-mile radius, there are 32,689 people. And you wouldn't think in a little small rural town like us that there's that many people in all those different directions, but there is. And obviously, our reach through the Internet, through you, and you live outside of that radius even, but it begins within that 10-mile radius. We want to be salt make things better, we want to be light, make things brighter, right here in our community first, and then that begins to stretch out. Amen? 
I want to encourage you one more time that if you see these kids who are bold and brave enough to step up here on the stage in front of all you today, Cole and Abriana and um, Case, who all uh, said something over the microphone, and even those who came up here and worshiped, we do that every Sunday down in kids ministry but it's a little bit different when all the lights hit up here and all the all you big bad adults are staring at them so if you see one of our kids this morning please encourage them please tell them how proud you are of them for getting up and stepping up in front of you to encourage you today I want to remind you that as you leave and exit um, you will see our ushers at the door and if you want to give in our tithe and offering, we want to encourage you to do that. Uh, we did um, this service strategically. This is the Sunday before our kids' conference and back-to-school bash that's happening this next weekend. And so we would love for you to come and to be a part of that. You can sign up on our Church Center app or anybody that you see with one of these shirts on can get you the right information uh, for serving at our kids' conference, which will happen on Thursday and Friday of this week, right here inside the sanctuary with Greg Zachary. And then on Saturday evening, uh, we'll be down on our football field, and we'll be giving out over 500 backpacks. Um, and just so you know, in Walker County this time around, they're actually giving school supplies, but we're going to be able to give out uh, backpacks with other uh, supplies, hygiene uh, type things and other things that they'll need. Jefferson County students uh, will still have school supplies, uh, backpacks for y'all also. There's going to be health screenings, um, dental checkup, all kinds of different things that you uh, can be a part of. So please, y'all take advantage of that and make sure that the community is taking advantage of that. Amen. awesome to see each and every one of you here today. And so I want to tell you, just like Pastor Victor does every Sunday, I want you to go out from this building, transform our community by being salt and making things better and being light and making things brighter. We'll be down here to pray for you if you need prayer for anything else, but consider yourselves dismissed. Well, I hope that you were blessed and inspired by today's message. We here at Summerton Church of God believe that God is a God who still does miracles. And we're seeing it on a weekly basis. People's lives being transformed by the power of God, being saved, healed, and delivered for the glory of God. And we want you to experience for yourself. So why don't you come and be our guest one Sunday here at Summerton Church of God. I look forward to personally meeting you.